we just ask you that your glory would touch that there's no uh, distance in the realm of the spirit but everyone that is tuned in to this broadcast will receive a fresh touch from you we release the spirit of wisdom and revelation lord we thank you that our eyes of our understanding are enlightened our ears are open thank you that we have eyes to see ears to hear what your spirit is saying in Jesus' name. So guys, um, the Lord has really been speaking to me um, about the days of Noah. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew 24. And I know that many of you may have a preconceived idea about uh, this particular passage of scripture that I'm going to share uh, on today, but I want you to just, if you can, set aside everything that you've you've learned about this particular passage, what you've been told about this, and just have a uh, open um, an open mind to receive something fresh that you may not have known. You know, one of the things that I do every year is I actually uh, get a new Bible a brand new Bible. And I know a lot of people can't do that, but that's one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about doing was getting a new Bible every year. And the purpose of doing that is so that, you know, cause I go through my Bible, I highlight it, I mark it up. And the reason that I get a new Bible every year is so that when I look at the scripture, I don't get this exact same revelation that I previously had. I want God to show me something new that I've never seen before. And if my Bible's already marked up, then uh, typically my, my uh, natural brain will always go back to what God had previously spoken to me. And there are actually seven layers within every single scripture. There's an abundance of revelation that we can receive. And sometimes we get fixated on something that maybe we've learned before in the past. We've, we've taught or we've heard someone say, but uh, we need to put those things aside and allow God to speak to us a fresh revelation. Now, Matthew 24, verse 37, 38, and 39 is uh, where we're going to start tonight. Um, the Word of God says, But as in the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man shall be. For as in those days that were before the flood. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. <clears throat> so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, there, there is, again, um, what we are familiar with and we've learned uh, through many different teachers about this particular passage and that um, the days of Noah being those destructive days, those days where uh, there is uh, chaos and there are um, things that are in, in darkness uh, resting upon the earth. And we, we know that as it was in those days, during those times, um, uh, that there was a corruption that was taking place. There was 
um, a darkness that was filling the earth. But the Bible says that there was a man who walked with God, and his name was Noah. In the scripture, we only see three passages, and really two main passages, that directly reference someone walking with God. Firstly, we see uh, Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God for 365 years, and then God took him. He was translated by faith. Then we see that Noah was one that walked with God. And then there is a, uh, another reference in the book of Genesis that uh, gives us an implication that Adam walked with God because the Bible says that God walked in the cool of the day and he was looking for Adam in the garden. But two particular scriptures uh, directly reference that there was a human that walked with God. Now, the word walk right there is the word halek, which means to go in and out of the unseen. It means to go up and down in the realm of, of, of the spirit into heaven. And it also means to go to and fro throughout the earth. So we know that, the, that Noah was not just... Um, a typical person that was, you know, just serving the Lord, but there was a, there was a supernatural revelation that was being released that uh, this was a man that was earnestly seeking God during a dark, dark time in the earth. And we know that he had an intimate fellowship with God. And the Bible says that across the entire earth, that there was this man, Noah, who had a righteous spirit, that there was a righteousness about him that God loved. And as a result of that love, God began to give him supernatural information concerning things that were going to transpire uh, in the earth during that moment. And we often, again, begin to pull our focus into the negative and not really uh, – dive into the life of Noah and the intimate relationship that he had with God in the fact that God began to give him a strategy, a blueprint, a pattern um, that would give a way of escape in the midst of the darkest of times. And when we look at Matthew uh, chapter 24, we see that uh, in verse 39, that the people on the earth knew not that the flood uh, was going to come until they were taken away. And we automatically believe that, well, they were just not, uh, they were just not told about these things. But that isn't the truth. In fact, the Bible says that Noah continued to preach uh, this, oh, this time and what was going to take place. But this word know there is not a natural gnosis knowledge. In the Greek, the word gnosis is just natural human knowledge. But this word is gnosko, which is a supernatural knowledge. That there was a people that were on the earth because their eyes were blind, their ears were deaf. They could not see or hear the supernatural revelation that Noah was giving. But nevertheless, Noah was one that was righteous in his generation, that was called by God to create this place, an ark, uh, that would bring 
those that heard the word into a place of safety and security. And <clears throat> one of the things that is very interesting that was taking place in the earth was this fact that there was corruption, that there was all of this uh, mixture that was transpiring, seed mixture. There was things that were transpiring that were uh, not of God. But we recognize that Noah was one that was called into the righteousness of God. And as a result of his righteousness, God began to give him a revelation on the restructure of the earth and the things that God wanted to see transpire in the planet. That somehow that the, this flood that was coming was not the end. It was only the beginning. And God was opening this door of hope through the ark that as they entered into this place of God's presence, because the ark is a type and a shadow of the new creation, as they entered into that place, they would be safe. And one of the things that was so incredible that I think that we pass over, we don't even uh, look at in the life of Noah, and, and, and we, we recognize that as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of Son of, of Man be. So we already know that corruption, darkness is, is filling the earth. But the aspect that we don't look at is where Noah was given the capability by God to begin to speak into the creation and see it recover and transform. In fact, in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of all of the things that were transpiring, God began to give Noah a blueprint. And as a result of that blueprint, he began to even speak into creation. And we see that Noah, as the, uh, as the ark was filling, he was able to speak to the animals and cause them to come onto this boat that would eventually, the door would be closed and they would see the salvation of creation. I believe this is really important in the times and the seasons that we're living in because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the earnest expectation of all creation is eagerly waiting for the sons and daughters of God. He's, the, the earth is literally groaning in expectation right now for the uh, transformation of the earth, the transformation of creation and that earnest expectation that groaning is what is causing many things that we're seeing transpire on the earth it's a natural uh, if you want to say a natural result of a of, of something that's taking place in the spirit that because of corruption because of darkness because of what has happened in the earth god uh, is is looking 
for those sons and daughters to rise up into their position, into their spiritual place, and begin to take command over the earth, just as Adam, the Bible says, was given dominion over the earth. And dominion does not mean the destruction of creation. I think that's uh, that we've gotten a wrong uh, mentality about what dominion actually means because we, we, we look at dominion as the fact that we're here to use up the planet. We're here to, um, we're here to, uh, um, you know, use the resources on the planet and, 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 and we are, but, uh, true dominionists are not those that go around destroying um, the environment, the climate, the atmosphere, the environment, and, and, and everything that w is around us. But we have actually been called to restore. And in fact, the Bible says that um, the, well, let's, let's look at it because I, I, I want you, um, I want you to be able to say that, um, what I what I what I talked about tonight, uh, you can find in 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 the Word. So turn with me to um, the Book of Acts, the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts, Ver, uh, uh, Acts three, twenty one. And this is Peter preaching. He says, whom the heavens must receive until the purity of the restoration of all things about which God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets unto the ancient times. And so we know that there's a restoration of all things. There's a restoration of creation. There's a restoration uh, of the resources. And God wants to use us as sons and daughters of the kingdom to bring restoration. And this is one of the things that Noah was doing, was that he was actually one that was called to restore back to the proper order. And we look at the times of Noah when, God, when, when Jesus says, these same times as the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Recognize that there's nothing really, really particular about the fact that they were marrying and giving in marriage. I mean, that, that happens all the time. Also, uh, the Bible says that they were eating and drinking every, I mean, every day there are those that are eating and drinking. There's nothing really too different about this other, other than the fact that Noah entered into that safe place. And so what we need to begin to recognize right now is that as God has called us, to restore that during this time we we're looking at well what's the next 
massive thing that's bad that's going to happen. I, I want to try to pull you out of that place where you are thinking of destruction, doom, and gloom, and pull you into a place of where God has called us to live, move, and have our being in him. And as a result of that, creation begins to respond. Creation begins to be changed. Creation begins to um, come into its proper alignment. And what um, we have been called to do is reflect the nature of heaven into the earth and begin to redeem some of the sounds that the earth is making and bring them into proper alignment in the kingdom. I hope you guys are following me on this because um, I'm going to take you step-by-step uh, step here and go a little deeper with you because when you look in the Word of God, you're going to find that there's 86 passages of sound. There's 86 passages in the Scripture about various types of sound. Now, in the New Testament, there are various forms of power in the sense that uh, there are actually four different Greek words that are used for power. In Ephesians chapter 1, there, there's one particular passage of Scripture that has all four forms of those power in them. But there's one particular word that is called energia. It's a Greek word which the, the Amplified translates to mean a superhuman energy. In Colossians 1, 26 and 27, the Bible says that uh, there was a mystery that has been hidden from ages and generations, but is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Verse 29 says, that this superhuman energy God so mightily enkindles within us, that this supernatural energy is a force. It is um, of a sound, a frequency that comes off of all of those that are in Christ. And as a result of that sound, that frequency, that is a different um, vibration that connects with the, the earth, the atmosphere, and the creation because it's the same sound, the same uh, frequency that was in Christ as he walked the earth. And when we look at, and I... This is really important to realize is that when Jesus was walking on the earth, okay, 100% man, 100% God, we, we, we recognize that. 
that when he came to the earth, according to Philippians, that he laid down his deity, he became man, he had to defeat Satan as a man anointed by God in order to redeem us into the, into the new creation. But we see Jesus walking in full union with his father as a, as a, as a, a son and as he spoke to creation, creation had to respond. When he spoke to the storm, the storm had to respond. When he spoke to the tree, the tree had to respond. When he spoke to fish, the fish had to respond. And, and there are a countless, countless uh, moments uh, within the scripture and the time when Jesus was walking on the earth where he began to speak to various things, whether it was of the speaking of the human body or, or whether it was the speaking to trees and creation and, and even fish. We look in the book of John, we see that they were toiling all night. And as Jesus gave the word to cast the net on the other side, they instantly caught 153 fish. Where did those fish come from? Where did they, where did those fish, where did they, where did they come out of? Where did they, where did they manifest from? Did they, did, did, did something just, I mean, cause they cast the net on the other side. There was just fish on the other side. No, there was something that went out of the, the voice, the frequency of God that caused creation to respond. Now, we're not sure if those fixed fish at the sound of his voice came to that place or they were instantly created. And I don't want to try to read into the text, but we do see where Jesus spoke to the storm and instantaneously the, the storm stopped. We do see where Jesus spoke to the fig tree and instantly it dried up and withered and died. We do see that. So whether uh, the fish were somewhere else and as a result of the sound that was coming out, that vibration of, of God, that energy of the Lord caused those fish to come into that place. What we do know is that the supernatural voice of the Lord caused there to be a change in the environment, the climate, and the atmosphere where the Lord was. Now, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In verse number one, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. And God said, uh, called the light day and the darkness night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, this is something that we need to come to grips with because here, Jesus, here, here we see the Spirit of God moving on the first day, but it isn't until the fourth day that 
we see that God creates the sun, moon, and stars, and he creates them for seasons, days, and years. He creates the sun, moon, and stars to, for chronological time. This is four days after the first day. So we have to recognize that this light was different than um, natural light, the sun, moon, and stars. This light was different than the light that uh, we see uh, in our homes today with artificial light. This light was creative in nature. And this light actually spoke into what seemed to be in darkness and in vo it was void. And suddenly that light created a day. And dare I say a new day where there was darkness upon the earth. The light of God began to shine and the earth began to make a new sound. Where that sound had been void and the earth had been without a form. Suddenly, as God speaks into creation, what was in darkness suddenly comes into a new day. And now we begin to recognize something that is very important. That because we have come into the new creation. And the Bible says that that new creation, with that new creation, old things pass away. That there is a energy, a supernatural force that is inside of us, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That that hope is a door for all of the, the things that are living in darkness to hear the sound and come into that place of safety and security. He's saying, Brother Charlie, this is a little bit out there. Uh, trust me, I'm, I'm bringing you somewhere and it all will make sense. Okay. So there are sounds that are in the earth that God is looking for the new creation to redeem. One of those sounds is the shedding of innocent blood. The Bible says that there is, a, there is the sound of the shedding of blood. But there is a greater sound, and that sound is the blood of Jesus. That sound is the sound that redeems the blood that has been spilled in the earth in innocence and brings it back from darkness. There are things, my friends, that are going on in the earth right now that God 
has called us to speak into because we have been given a new blood, a new DNA, a new life in Christ. And as a result of that new life, we've been given the voice of the Lord. The Bible says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. And as a result of our union with Christ, we are the body that is on this planet. And we have been called to take authority over that which has been uh, the blood that has innocently been shed, the uh, things that have been done in darkness, and begin to release the light of God, release the energy of the Lord, release the power of the Spirit, and see them transformed. There is a sound of the wind, the Bible says. There is the sound of the wind. Now, there is that wind that comes that is a demonic force. The Bible says that we are blown by, uh, let us not be blown by every wind of doctrine. There is those demonic, uh, what I would call, uh, doctrines of demons, those contrary winds, those voices that are in the earth that come as a, a wind uh, that try to influence the minds of men, the information that goes throughout the entire earth, that, that wind that tries to bring people's minds into a place of of um, fogginess and in, 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 in a place of not actually knowing the truth. That's why Paul said that we have to renew our minds to the word of God. And we have to combat it with a supernatural wind of the spirit, a supernatural wind of the Holy Spirit. And that's why John chapter three, uh, the, well, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. It says that a Pharisee came to Jesus in the night, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born uh, when he is old? He can enter into his mother's womb the second time. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And this wind of the Spirit, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and now here's the sound thereof, but can't tell where it's coming and where it goes. Everyone that is born of this, of this, of this Spirit, it, and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. This Spirit is a different wind. And so the, as the sound, this, this frequency, this this 
fleshly sound. Now, recognize that the flesh is not, that what Jesus is talking about here is not the natural flesh. There's nothing that is demonic about the physical body. God created you in the image and the likeness of him. So he's not talking about this flesh. He's talking about that soulish, uh, unregenerated nature, that place where man dwells apart from God. Unless they are born again, they will never they will never enter into that sound because that sound of that wind is is the is the power that blows out the contrary sound and the misinformation, the uh, demonic infiltration, the um, the the media material that flows through and tries to infiltrate the men's minds and goes throughout the entire earth creating things that are misinformation so god says we're going to we're going to create the new creation so that he hears the sound of the spiritual wind and he become he comes one with that wind and so much in tune with the spirit that it carries him in the right direction and everything that he touches again no man can do these miracles except thou be with him except because god is with him these miracles here Again, is not dunamis power. Interestingly enough, the Greek word here is simeon, which means these signs. And how many know that there are signs that are transpiring in the earth right now? And they are not just natural signs, but they are supernatural ones. And while they are coming in the natural, there are those that hear the sound of not only the earth, but what God is doing. And there's a corresponding supernatural sound and and signs that are taking place that if our ears are open, our eyes are able to see, then that which has been hidden is going to begin to be revealed. That which has been in darkness is going to begin to be exposed by the light of God. And we're going to begin to recognize what the Spirit is saying. Listen, I, there's, a, there's something that you need to understand from the beginning that when God created man, the Bible says that he created him in the image and the likeness of God. This is the experience of being fully human. And apart from the Trinitarian experience, man is incomplete in their human nature. You can never be complete until you come into the new creation because that is the original framework in which God created man. That's why people don't understand you. There's some people that just don't understand what you are because they've never seen a a human fully alive. The first one we saw was Jesus. 
We saw him fully alive. We saw Adam fully alive in the garden. And what was he doing? He was tending to that garden. And as a result of that, everything was in perfect alignment in the earth because he was taking his position in God. So there was, he was, he was speaking into the wind because he was born of that wind because God breathed the breath of life into him. Same thing with Jesus. Everything that was out of alignment where Jesus went was suddenly brought into alignment. We also see that in the Bible that there's the sound of the trumpet, the sound of the shofar. We see in the life of, of, of Elijah that he stepped into commanding creation as well. And the Bible says that he told the king, which was a wicked king, he said, it's not going to rain for three and a half years, except by my word. When I speak the word, then there's going to be another sound that's going to come. And we see that Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. This was something that was taking space in the spirit as well as in the natural. We see that there's a sound of the angelic armies. We see that there's a sound of the deep calling out to the deep. We see in the Bible that there's a sound of the water spouts. There's a sound. There's actually eight sounds. Interestingly enough, eight means new beginnings. There's eight different sounds that God wants the new creation to take authority over in the earth. And as we take authority over those sounds, suddenly things that are in darkness begin to come into the light of God, into that place of the illumination in the, and the light of God. So what happens? What did, what did God not only uh, do in the sense of uh, buying us back and redeeming us from from hell but the bible says that in in, in the book of hebrews that the one of the reasons that christ died was that he might bring many sons into the glory into the glory so let's define glory we know that the glory is um is the kabod it is the heavy weighty presence of the lord it is the shekinah it is the tangible manifest presence of god and i would i would also interject while um, we know that god is both essence and energy he is uh that supernatural energy that um the for the the um, ancient church used to speak about the fact that the essence of God is unknowable, but the energies of the Lord is something that we participate in. According to Second Peter, that we have been we've been given this divine nature, the divine nature of God, and as a result, that Zoe life, we are able to come into the place where the energies of God are. Um, something that we participate in, which is the energies of God are the miracle power of the Lord, the supernatural manifestations of God's kingdom. And so glory becomes intelligent energy that creates supernatural substance. 
that in turn produces natural material. I'm going to say it again. Glory is intelligent energy. It's a higher energy than we, and a force than we can even understand because it creates supernatural substance that in turn produces natural material. So in the glory, the realm of the word or the sound is, is what is not just what uh, we, 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 uh, we can see, but we can also hear. In this realm, sound is creative and causes what is heard to take form. That's why in John 6.63, Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh produces nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are life. So in other words, the word of God carries spiritual genes and those genes are biological sources of life. There is within Christ's words, living genes that when they go forth into the unseen, you may not be able to uh, naturally see those words that are coming out, but they're releasing life. And there's a sound, there's a frequency, there's a, there is a light that is going out, that is penetrating that which is void and in darkness and causing what is supposed to manifest to take shape. I hope that you guys are getting a hold of this. If you are in the in the chat, just say amen. Say, Brother Charlie, you're preaching good. I'm receiving what you're saying. This is something that uh, is bearing witness with my spirit. I I I, I want to. Um, get you to respond in, in, in a sense of coming to um, agreement with what I'm saying. Because as long as we believe that the days are getting darker and there's no hope for us to uh, come into a place of the, of the divine manifestation of the, new of the new creation and see the earth transform, then we're just going to wait, wait it out. And, you know, and there's many speculations about, uh, you know, uh, the Antichrist and 666 and all these things. And we, we see all those things. It's not, it's not hard to have spiritual eyes to see the, the other spirit that is, that is coming into the earth right now. In fact, John says that the, that the Antichrist spirit has always been here. And what is the Antichrist spirit? At, at, at the foundational level, it is the anti-anointing. It is that which fights against that anointing. It's that that fights against revelation. It's that which fights against light. And my friend, I've never seen darkness dominate light. Light naturally dominates darkness. And the Bible says that we have been called to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that the light of Christ would emanate out of us and people will come to the shining of that light. They will see that light arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
And this one, uh, Isaiah 60 is one of my favorite passages of scriptures and people continuously point back uh, to um, the, the, um, the uh, theologically to that being uh, Israel. And, and I, I, I would beg to differ because verse eight says, who are these who fly like clouds, like doves to their windows? The, you know, some theologians will believe that those are the formation of airplanes. My friend, that's not the formation of airplanes. Isaiah was seeing in the realm of the spirit as the glory was rising upon this particular group of people, this particular group of individuals that he said, who are these who fly or look like the glory? Who are these who look like clouds or like light? Who are these who are like the spirit, like doves flying to an open heaven? He wasn't seeing the, and I, and, and trust me, I love the nation of Israel, but he wasn't seeing the nation of Israel. He was seeing the new creation and what was going to transpire through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that there were going to be those body, the body of Christ rising on the earth. And as they rose, their light was going to shine and Kings were going to come to the brightness of that shining. They were going to begin to see things that they'd never seen before. And as a result of that, he was going, who are these who look like the glory? Who are these that I've never seen any being, I've never seen anyone like this before. I've never seen who are, are these? He was asking a question. He was asking a question. Who are these? He's God. Who are these people that are coming that are, that are uh, manifesting your same nature? That are manifesting your same nature. Recognize this. Again, that the earnest expectation of all creation is eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the nature, the nature that we have been given. It's groaning right now because it wants to be brought into perfect alignment. And that's why Noah was a type and a shadow. Because during that time, the earth was also groaning. God was even groaning. Look at it. Genesis 5 and 6, he was groaning. Genesis 7 and 8, he was groaning. He was, God was groaning. He was saying, I wish I would have never made man. He was groaning. But then he found a man who was righteous in the earth that was groaning as well. that was living in the midst of perversion, midst of darkness, and God began to down, give him a blueprint. So he, he begins to uh, hear that sound. Now we know that there, uh, the two Hebrew words for word is rhema, which is the spoken word, and then the logos, which we know uh, can can be it, it, and is the written word, but the word of God is alive. It's living. It's alive and living. It's a let me say that uh, it's alive and living. So the word of God should 
It is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. But it should be coming alive to us. And recognize this. Revelation should be flowing off the Word of God. And one of the words for Logos is blueprint. It's a blueprint. So God has called us to live out of a place where we start commanding creation to come into alignment with what the word of God is saying. What we are both seeing in, in, in the written word of God, as well as what God is speaking to us in the realm of the spirit that we should be speaking into and seeing it transform. And, you know, there's a saying, I don't know if they say this in other, I know there's many nations that are watching here uh, today, uh, but there's a saying that time heals everything. How many of you have ever heard of that? Where the where if people say, you know, well, time heals everything. If you've heard that before, just put it in the just in the chat. Just say, yeah, I've heard that before. Brother Charlie, time heals everything. Well, if time heals everything, then God is unnecessary. If chronological time is our healer, then then God becomes unnecessary. That chronological time was created for times and seasons, days and nights, natural, uh, the natural order. But the very first thing that God created was another day, which that day is above chronological time. And it's that time that God refers to in the New Testament as Kairos. So when, when we recognize that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, then we are no longer, we are no longer um, a part of that natural timeline. We don't have to live in that space. Because remember, this space of time has been corrupted. But through the new creation, we don't have to live there. We can live above that time. And in fact, we can redeem the time. And Paul said, redeeming the times for they are evil. So that means that we don't have to sit back and take what is transpiring in the earth and just say, well, this is the end time. So this is just the way it's going to be. Darkness is going to cover the earth. Yeah, we see that in Isaiah 60. We see that the darkness is covering the earth, but the Bible says, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. In other words, God's saying through his prophet, Arise and shine. Go to a higher position. Go to a higher place. Live out of that space. Live out of that dimension. Don't live, don't live in, the, in the lower frequency. Live in the highest Reality, because time is the lowest realm of reality. That's where the un unregenerated man lives. He, is, he has to live in that place. But you don't have to live there. You can live above that space. Because recognize, watch this. Remember, 
three forms of light, creative light, natural light, artificial light. Man, there's a lot of artificial light. There's a lot of artificial uh, three-dimensional holograms that are being presented and creating narratives in the earth. And, then, and, and because man lives by their natural sight, they're natural, they're, they're succumbed to their natural senses and they have not exercised their spiritual senses. Everything that they see with their eye gate, they believe. Everything that they hear with their ears, they, they, they believe. Everything uh, that is uh, coming through their natural senses because they live out of the sensory realm of their, of their natural flesh the, the, the lowest realm of since they live out of that space, they believe it. They believe it. But when you live above, you don't see with your nat natural eyes. You see with your spirit eyes. You see with your uh, spiritual ear. You, your spiritual senses are exercised, and you begin to live out of that place of the living, of the living light. And you begin to recognize that time is a created dimension by God, and that in the beginning man was given dominion over creation. So anytime you become a servant of time and not its master, you become a subject to the, its lower reality. I'm going to say it again. And I, and I pray to the Lord that this is just blessing you tonight, that this is getting you to where you need to be. Because you can't live out of the natural place. You got to live out of the supernatural space of the Lord. And you can't live in chronological time because suddenly you become, you become a person that is subject to that time. Because time is a created dimension. Remember, God creates time on the fourth day. And some people live out of that day. But you haven't been called to live out of the day. You've been called to live out of the first day, the new day. Because time was a created dimension by God, and in the beginning, man was given dominion over creation. Every time you become a servant of time and not its master, you become subject to the lower reality. You become a subject to that lower reality or that frequency. But when you live above that, then you can affect that chronological time. You can affect what's coming in the future. You can affect what's coming and you can affect what is presently happening. Now, um, I, I don't have time to get into um, everything. I mean, this is a broad subject, guys. I'm just hitting this, uh, you know, as strong as we can. And I'm hoping that you'll, it, this will cause you to go a little bit deeper into the things of, of the Lord. But uh, recognize, I, I want, I, I just had to briefly touch on this. Now, um, the guys that are a part of 
um, of 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 our um, part uh, that 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 are partnering with the ministry. They know that we've been going through. Um, they've been we've been going through the tent of meetings, which is the uh, ascension place in Christ. That that we are we are going. We we have been um, given the opportunity to ascend into the realm of the spirit. And as a result of that, that can corporately happen. That's what was, uh, we see it all through the word of God. Um, in, 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 in the two major places that we really see it is the tent of Moses and the tent of David. And the Bible says that the tent of David is going to be restored in the end times. Uh, recognize that the tent of David had no uh, veils. It had uh, no outer court, inner court, holy of holies. It was a tent of meetings, the same as Moses's tent was a tent of meetings. And the Bible says that this particular temple tent was outside of the camp. So they all went out, all those that would seek God in Genesis 33, uh, the Bible says that they all went outside of the camp. And that light, the Bible says that as Moses entered into that tent, the light of God came down. That light is the same light that we see in Genesis 1. It's creative in nature. It's the same light that, that was being produced all over the top of the Ark of the Covenant as it was underneath David's tent and caused David to go ecstatic and, and, and worship God and bring that particular place of um, Jerusalem back into its proper order. Now, I wish I had, I don't have my amplified here, but what was that light? And then, what was that light? Hebrews 1, verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Now the Amplified... I, maybe I should. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because I want I want to read it out of the Amplified. Um, so just hold on a minute, guys. Amplified. Hebrews 1, 1, 3. The sun is the radiance of the only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory, the light being, the bright light of the divine, the exact representation and the perfect imprint of his Father's essence. Remember how we talked about essence and energy and upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word. K 
carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal when he himself and no other had by an offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins, and established our freedom from guilt. He sat down, reveling in his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. I love that because what we see there is that when God in the beginning spoke and said, let there be light, that light on a subatomic level is Christ coming into from the unseen to the seen and making everything that was in darkness and in void, bring it into proper alignment and recognize that Christ, when he went to the cross, he sat down after he went to the cross and he ascended to his father, he sat down. He sat down. He's not getting up. He's in complete rest. And we are seated with him. Notice that while the word of God says we are seated with him, that this is positionally, but and we're all seated there. But what where are we experientially? Because some some believers have not entered into the rest. They're not seated, they're they're seated with him but they're not experiencing that rest. They're not they're they're on the they're 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 on the outside, but God wants to bring us in. He wants to bring us in. Man, I oh shapata. He wants to bring you in. He wants to bring you in through the who are these who fly like clouds to the like doves to the open window open window like doves to the open window or the open door where did they go through where where did where did the when, when moses entered in and the glory came down he, the bible says he entered through the door it came down the goal, the the creative power of god came down when noah entered into the ark where he went through the door. Look at this. What did he send out? Send out. He sent out the dove through the window. So the dove goes out, but it comes back in. There have been those that have been called to be go out and come back in. The resting and abiding in Him and all of creation. It is is being held together by Christ, his force. His force is holding everything together. Man. He's... For, he's energizing 
the very creation of the cosmos. And so the only thing that the earth is going to respond to is that superhuman energy that is within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The earth is going to respond to that. And so what is, what is transpiring right now? So let's, let's get a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper here. What is transpiring right now? What is happening in this time? Because we, we know that we're in this place of complete lockdown. There may have, uh, we know that there's been times in the past where um, there have been other viruses that have come into the earth. But no, I don't believe any time in history that the earth has been, in, in a sense, in a place of complete reset the way that it is right now. The earth is at rest. And if I can give you this prophetic picture, there are those that are living inside of the ark, and there are those that are living outside. Now, um, so several, I mean, this is probably a month ago, two months ago. Um, I was having a discussion with my wife, Bryn, and because uh, we were like revelating some some things. And she says to me, she says, um, isn't it interesting that Bob Jones had called this decade, that this decade, the 20s, would be a decade of rest. And here we are in forced rest. I thought, wow, that is, that is really a, an amazing, um, you know, revelation. But she, she kept going. And um, this really opened me to see what is, what is taking place right now. She said, yeah, but in this rest, people can rest in two different realms. I, I said, what do you mean? She said, there are those who can rest in the spirit of faith during this time and watch the reset transpire or there are those that can rest in the spirit of fear so there are those that are resting in god there are those that are resting in fear and we have to make the decision where we are going to rest you have to make the decision where you're going to rest and what your um, future after this moment is going to look like. Because when the door of the ark came open, 
See, we always want to talk about the negative, the flood, and all on all those, and all and all those, the deluge, and the and 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 all the you know. We look at that, we focus on that, but we don't end and complete the story because as they came out of the ark, there was a sign of another ark that was in the heavens. The Bible says that there was a rainbow, which represented the sevenfold manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That was in the sky. That was a sign of what God was doing in the total reset of creation. And so the Lord began to speak to me about some things that we're going to see coming out of this time. We're going to begin to see a whole new order, an order that lives out of the mountain of the Lord and those that speak into the creation and see things restored. One of the things the Lord spoke to me about was and we're going to begin to see where there's been great pollution in the air. There is going to be a reset where we're going to begin to see uh, where there's been destruction when it comes to uh, the air in the atmosphere. That we're going to begin to see the sons of God arise, take authority over that and, and bring that the air back into proper alignment and, and where there's been pollution and destruction, we're going to begin to see that change because there's going to be those that are going to begin to speak into creation where there's been uh, deforesting and there's been things that have transpired with the, um, with, with the, the natural nature and, and, um, and the uh, the trees and 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 um, the forests where they've been all the, we're going to begin to see life springing up again. We're going to begin to see life springing back where there has been uh, you know just destruction through corruption and man's greed. We're going to begin to see life springing back again. We're going to begin to see, one of the things the Lord spoke to me was that pollution and deterioration of the um, air that we're breathing, that we're going to begin to see uh, things that are going to bring that back into proper order and the, and the breath of, of creation is going to come back. We're going to begin to see the salvation of creation coming back where God, God is going to begin to anoint those to speak in the spirit. But also I saw innovative ideas that were going to come, that were going to cause the atmosphere and pollution to bring that uh, where it's been destructive and people have low air quality. We're going to begin to see things created that will bring air back. Uh, and, and bring health back into even the the um, the into nature and into um, humanity. 
You're also going to see uh, certain types of trees and um, things that uh, we we uh, felt were gone because of corruption. Things that have um, been extinct or expired are are going to begin to spring back again. You watch it. It's going to happen. You're going to see it in the news. You're going to see it. Uh, science is going to be talking about it. Things that we, we thought in, in, um, in plants that were, were extinct or we have not seen even before new species of plants, new species of, um, of, of, of that nature. We're going to begin to see that and even the springing back of where there has been things that uh, have vanished and we felt that they were extinct, they're going to come back into the proper order. We're also going to begin to see animals that were extinct and we felt were gone. And on the verge of extinction, we're going to begin to see them come back. We're going to begin to see uh, create, create creatures and things that we uh, didn't know existed. They're going to begin to manifest. And I'm not talking because there's – Remember, there's a there's there's two there's two spirits that are working in the earth right now. There is that of the anointing and that of the antichrist. The anti-anointing is the Christ anointing and the antichrist anointing. And we're going to see again. And I wrote about it, and you can read it. Something the Lord showed me about the manipulation of creation, and and that's coming into a place of judgment. That is going to be judged. The Lord showed me that that is going to be, but there is this restoration of creation where things that were gone, animals that were on verge of extinction or even extinct, they're going to begin to spring back and we'll say, what, how did that happen? Uh, even new, new life. We're going to begin to see uh, animals responding to creation and the life of creation. There's certain things that are going to start happening. And um, you'll start to see it even in South Africa. Uh, you know, uh, inter interesting, uh, you need to watch um, the ocean. You need to look at uh, in, in the Cape. There's in, in Durban, these, these, uh, these cities that are, that are along the coast. You're, you're going to begin to see... Uh, really interesting things happening uh, with the whales. Watch the watch the whales. Watch uh, watch the dolphins. Watch uh, there's going to be be responding to this new alignment that's coming in the earth, and you're going to begin to see more uh, wild uh, wildlife. Even in the sea, you're going to begin to see it. It's going to be an, even uh, an influx of fish and and the and and like overabundance you're going to begin to see that and and I, I, it's going to happen in south africa it's going to happen in different parts of the world where they're saying there's there's an uh, it's like where did they all come from where we didn't even know that there was this abundance i mean turtles and things you watch you watch 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 because it's going to be a sign in creation 
of what God is doing in that he's bringing forth new life in this, in this hour. And, um, it's going to begin, uh, to trend. We're going to begin to see it transpire. We're going to begin to see it, uh, in, in, um, the rain where there's been, where there's been a lack uh, of rain and there's been droughts, places that have been droughted. We're going to begin to see those places spring to life. Desert places where there's been desert areas, we're going to begin to see them spring to life. Places that were barren and there was um, no crops, they're going to see, begin to see them spring to life. One of the things that um, the Lord's been speaking to me about is there is uh, innovation that's coming out of South Africa that has to do with um, with uh, with with um, uh, farming and 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 the um, pr- production of um, crops. There's something that's coming uh, that has to do with farming and the production of crops. It's an innovation that's coming and a technology that's coming that hasn't been previously known, but I see it uh, is going to spring forth in the nation of South Africa. And um, the Lord says that South Africa is the breadbasket. It's a breadbasket for the nations. It's a breadbasket for the nations. And that's one of the reasons that there's been so much corruption that's been happening in South Africa because the enemy wants to stop South Africa from producing and being a spiritual breadbasket as well as a natural breadbasket. And the Spirit of the Lord would say unto you, South Africa, that it's time for you to arise and shine. It's time for you to begin to release the light of God uh, over the nation. And what you've been doing in intercession has not been done in vain. Some of you have been laboring in pain, and you've been groaning in travail. And the Lord says it has not been by mistake, but you're about to give birth, the Lord says, into a, in, in, in a new creation that is coming forth in South Africa. New life is about to spring up in the natural as well as in the spirit. And the Lord says, your prototype is John chapter 3, that how can we know that thou has been sent from the Lord because these signs would not transpire unless God be with you. And the spirit of the Lord would say unto you, South Africa, that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is with the church in South Africa, that the church is going to rise and shine in this hour, and that they are going to begin to see a new birth coming forth. And the prayers of the saints that have been transpiring even during this time of quarantine, where there's been a a groaning that's coming forth out of the community of South Africa, the Lord says, that he is dealing with, uh, he's dealing with some things in the realm of the spirit, and and I see uh, even behind political doors, there's something that um, that's going to be exposed. The Lord says there is uh, the the Lord says that the dragon, 
is going to be exposed. And there are some things that are corruption that's been transpiring in South Africa, some deal making that has been going on with, with, with uh, China. And the Lord says that that will be exposed. And so, and that will, and it's time for the church to arise and take authority over that place. And the Lord says that the land will not be sold to the Chinese, but we decree and declare that the land will be given for the glory of God. And we take authority over the dragon and we speak to it and we command that thing to be broken over the nation of South Africa, that they, that, that, that spirit will not come into the nation, but we break the tie in the realm of the spirit and we begin to release the glory of God upon the land. And, and I've been seeing in the realm of the spirit, this dragon, this red dragon that's been trying to come uh, over the nation of South Africa. But the Lord says, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more. It's time to take authority over even the manipulation of the currency in the nation, uh, the, 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 the bread of the currency, the Lord says, uh, it, it, where it's been uh, diminishing and it's been deteriorating. The Lord says that it shall rise. It shall rise. It shall rise. It shall rise. And the removal of those that are in corruption, that have been selling out the nation, the exposure, full exposure, is going to transpire. We, we take authority over right now because South Africa is called to be a nation of the breadbasket, uh, both of, uh, uh, in the natural as well as in the spirit. And the enemy would love to drive out, drive out those that are called to produce. But the Lord uh, says, no more, no more, no more. So I release a blessing over those that are, uh, even in the farm industry, even those that are farmers in South Africa, let the glory of God come upon your business. And I see your land producing more and more and more and, and, and the glory of God coming upon South Africa. There's a lot more I could say, but let me, let's, let's go a little bit deeper here. If you're okay with me continuing, because we're just in the flow of the Spirit, just, you know, say, give me some thumbs up. Say, yes, keep going, Brother Charlie. We love this. It's awesome. Praise God. Thank you for coming and sharing with us. Okay, awesome. I see all those yeses. So this is what's, what, what we need to begin to recognize, that in this quarantine where you, we are separated, we are separated in the natural. We are not separated in the Spirit. And what God is training the church right now, the overcoming church, is that there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. That as we go into the tent of meetings, as we go into the secret place of the Lord, as we go into that place, that space of His glory and His presence, as we go into that place, there's an ability to walk with God. There's the ability to go in and out of the unseen. There's the ability to go up into where Christ is seated in heavenly places. And because we are his body, we are one with him. Paul said, in him I live, I move, and I have my being in Christ. We can go corporately there. And when we go corporately there, we begin to see and hear. 
when we go corporately there, we begin to live out of the unseen realm. We begin to live in the Kairos moment, and we, be, we are able to see and hear what God is saying. And as a result of that, we are able to bring that down into the earth. We're able to speak into the corruption and uh, cause it to come into alignment. Those trees that aren't bearing any fruit, we can speak to them because God says speak to, the, speak to those things, those spiritual trees that aren't bearing any fruit, those governmental places that aren't, speaking, that aren't bearing any fruit, those places and the nap, they're not bearing any fruit. We can begin to speak into that place and begin to see it transpire. Now listen to me. I know we're able to connect here because of technology, but we can also connect there. And some of you, as I am speaking this revelation, everything that I've been saying is things that the Lord has already been speaking to you about in your prayer closet, and you're bearing witness with it. You're saying that's exactly what the Lord has been saying to me as well. And we, and you know, we we talk about um, the the old timers used to call that confirmation. They said, well, that prophetic word was confirmation to my spirit. And, and let me bring you into a new technology of what is actually transpiring. When you're going into prayer, you're corporately ascending, and we're all seeing the same thing. And so when the, when the prophet or the prophetic voice or the oracle of the Lord begins to speak the, the things that we've been seeing in prayer and hearing the Lord say, they, they, we begin to recognize that we are all in the same tent of meetings. And we're hearing and seeing what God is doing. It's a sound that's coming out of the throne. And because we're with him in that heavenly place, we're able uh, to bear witness with what is being said. We're living out of the ark. We're living out of the tent of meetings. We're living out of the David's pla the place of David's tent. We're living where there's no, there isn't a veil, where, where the veil has been removed. We're living in the place where God reveals his secrets. We're living out of the place where God begins to speak. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. But now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with an open face beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. We are going from glory to glory, and we're beholding the glory in an unveiled face. That's the difference between uh, the, the uh, tent that was in the wilderness, or the, excuse me, the tabernacle that was in the wilderness and the tent, because the tent had an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies, each one having a veil. Each one having a veil. And having to go through those veils. And in a sense, we could say, that the tent, the tabernacle, was the prototype of the spirit, or the or or the spirit, the soul, and the body. That there's it's 
separated. But in the new creation, there's no veils. So it, it, it's different. Moses' tent of meetings was different than the tabernacle. Remember, the tabernacle is in the center of the camps. Moses' tent outside has no veils. God came down and spoke to Moses face to face. There's no veils anymore. And so when we are gathering, whether it is in our private prayer time, we're able to go. And when we were able to go, we were able to see and hear. When we are corporately gathered, something begins to transpire where we can corporately ascend in that place. And we're not doing it by just closing our eyes and imagining it. Paul said, "Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but one was caught up into the third heaven and saw things that were unlawful to speak. There are some things that the, the Lord will show you that you can't speak in, 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 into the open. Some things are not for public consumption. They're for private interpretation. That there's no more veils. God's revealing those that are intimately acquainted with him, he's revealing his secrets of what he wants to transpire into the earth. So you're no more compartmentalized, outer court, inner court, holy of the holies, and trying to work into that holy place. No, you've been brought in, according to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, you've been brought into an intimate conversation with him in the glory. No more veils. But you're going from one dimension or one degree of the glory to the other degree of glory. As God can trust you, he's revealing, 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 revealing. And so you enter into that place where when we begin to corporately gather again, you're not coming there just to hear a message. You're coming there to participate. You begin to recognize that the, that the church is a spiritual embassy. That the church isn't just the four walls of the building, but they are the corporate uh, uh, body that is there in that place. And that there is something that is cosmic, that is transpiring, that you can go into the realm of the spirit together. And what God shows you corporately through that place of ascending in the realm of the spirit it can begin to come down into the earth. And I, 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 this is not, listen to me, this is not some kind of cheap imitation where we're just going to close our eyes. Okay, guys, we're there now. Look over here. There's the pearly gates. There, and, and, and somebody's going to describe to us so that we can all just imagine it. That's not what I'm talking about. When you go there, you're there. You don't have to have somebody describe it to you. You don't have to be, we're going over here. We're going to go see Moses' house. Oh, man, give me a break. Let me, when you go to the real throne room of, of the Lord and you're standing in that place, it's in trembling and shaking and holy reverence of fear. It's God's holy space. This isn't some kind of like game or something. Give me a break. I know I'm being a little tough here, but guys, 
Don't settle for some cheap imitation. Get the real thing. One of the things that the Lord showed me was that the spirit of the fear of the Lord is going to begin to re be revealed in the church. And he showed me, I went into the, and, and, and he took me into a meeting where I literally saw people in, 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 in a corporate meeting where they were shaking and trembling. And I said, Lord, what is that? He said, it's the sign of the great awakening. And it's the spirit of the fear of the Lord that is being released in the church. And then I, then the spirit of the Lord took me out of the church and brought me into the in, in, into the world, like a, a in, into um, into like a shopping area where I saw people trembling, trembling, trembling. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, That's the spirit of the fear that is in the earth. That is us. That is a spirit of fear. He said, there's two fears that are coming on the earth. It's the spirit of fear and the spirit uh, of the of fear of the Lord. And he said, there will be a sign of the awakening, the third awakening that's going to happen. He said, people will shake in the presence of God as they corporately are awakened to the reality of where Christ has brought them. And, and um, as a result of that, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, you see this place, son? I said, yes, Lord. He said, he said, this is not only a spiritual embassy, but this is a sanctuary city. I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, all of those that will get the revelation of corporate ascension, the real thing, will begin to see their cities come under the canopy of the presence of God. And, this, and it will become a sanctuary city where sickness can't stay, where disease can't be, where they'll begin to see incredible uh, miracles in nature, in the economy, in the environment, the atmosphere of the city, where it was polluted, suddenly pollution will begin to leave. Where there was deforestation, the trees and nature will begin to respond. The animals will begin, everything will begin to respond because now the government of the Lord is coming down on the body. And the body is in a, in, in a place where they are resting in the tent of meetings with the Lord, the sod of God, the counsel of the Lord, and, and what they are seeing in the realm of the Spirit, they are prophesying, decreeing, and declaring, and they are seeing reformation, true, authentic reformation. This kind of reformation doesn't isn't coming from you going into speaking to, to some uh, buddy's boardroom and giving them a cute little word. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the very Shekinah glory, Holy Ghost presence coming down, whoosh, down onto a place and the earth literally responding. The earth literally responding. People in the atmosphere literally responding. Authentic revival coming. And I know some of you are watching me right now, your ministers. I know some of you guys are watching me. I see you. Listen to what I'm saying right now. The glory of God coming down. I know some of your popular ministers. You're watching me right now. You're on here. 
Keep listening. The glory coming down from the realm of the Spirit down into the earth from the mountain of the Lord. Woo, coming down. And beginning in the face of God, coming so low into the earth that it that the earth begins to respond. We see this throughout history. We see this throughout history. It's coming again. We see this throughout history. We saw this in the the Argentine revival, where the glory of God came down on the people. And and the entire nation was shaken with the glory of God, thousands of people being born again. But the other thing that began to transpire is the earth, the very soil of the country began to change. And where the farmers were getting, were getting uh, carrots that were this large, they were, and you can watch the videos from the 1990s, the transformation videos, and I encourage you to watch it, where there's, there's you know, massive fruit, and, and they, they asked the farmers, so what are you doing differently? They said, nothing, nothing. We're not doing anything different. The only thing that's different is there's, there's an outpouring revival that's transpiring here. And, and the glory of God came down, so it reformation upon that nation where the earth is physically feeling the face of God coming low and the, and the experience of first day creation is coming down and, the, and, the, and nature is responding to that sound. Responding to that sound. And now it's producing fruit like it produced in the garden of Eden is producing and, and, and where there's was corruption decay and, and, and then there was, and, and there was pollution in the, in the, in, in the air and there's pollution in, in, in the very soil. Suddenly something begins to happen and um, supernatural production begins to transpire because a people of God came and I don't even, they, they didn't even understand what technology of the spirit they were working in, uh, but they were hungry for God. I decree and declare supernatural hunger upon your life, a supernatural, overwhelming hunger for the greater things of God to come upon you, the restoration of all things to come upon you, the glory to come upon you in a new way. Oh, let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Let this new technology come let this new technology come. People are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're out of your mind when you start talking. But forget it. Because the only thing that's going to change the earth is the sons and daughters of God arising. We're not going to get this through religion. We're not going to get this through tradition. We're not going to get this through living out of the old system. We're not going to get this out of the old patterns and, and the old ways. of No, God is bringing a new technology in the earth. And we need to get into what God is saying. Get into what God is saying. Get into what God is saying right now. Because it does matter if, if earth is, is in revival. It does matter if there's an outpouring. It does matter because that's the only way that nations are reformed.
That's the only way. You don't get reformation from going and sitting in some council meeting with the government. Listen, let me tell you something. that God bless you for doing that. But in five to seven years, when that government is out and there's another government in, you're in the same sad situation that you were in before and you waste seven to ten years. You want to know how to reform? Go in the realm with the spirit to the highest government, which is God. We're trying to reform mountains. God bless you for reforming mountains, but the only mountain is the mountain of the Lord. The Bible says that we go into that mountain. In Micah chapter four, it says all nations will come into that mountain and all the other mountains will bow down. Why? Because the government of God came down. And those mountains were reformed because somebody was resting in the mountain of God and not trying to go to this mountain, that mountain. Forget that, man. Go into the mountain of the Lord, get the blueprint out of heaven, and begin to wham it in the spirit. Because that's where it's going to transpire. That's where it's going to take place, is when the glory of God comes down on a nation. That's what happened in Wales. That's what happened in America during the great the great awakenings. They weren't trying to reform the government. Trying to, no, man. They were, they were releasing the word of the Lord. Whitfield's mouth. The, it, it, is, it is historically known that when Whitfield opened his mouth, he was able to preach to 200,000 people without a microphone. How was he able to do that? Because he was carrying the sound. There was a sound that was coming out of him. And that's what's going to come out of the bride of Christ. A sound, a trumpet sound, a blast, a, a frequency, a war sound that is going to come out, whoosh, out of the people of God. Oh, I feel it today. I don't, I, I feel it today. And I feel this thing just like I'm hitting it like a hammer, like the, the fire is shut up in my bones. Like Jeremiah said, the word of God is shut up in my bones. It's like fire and it's like a hammer. And with that hammer is breaking, breaking, breaking. We got to smash this traditional, this, this false reality. Smash that thing, man, and get into the glory of God. Get in the realm of the spirit. Get in the power of the Lord. Listen, they got into an upper room in Acts chapter 2 and reformed the entirety of Israel through that power. They started seeing miracles, and the Bible says that Peter's shadow was was manifesting over an area, and there was no sick people. I'm telling you, glory the glory of God will come down off that realm of the tent of meetings Ooh. and will rest. And you begin to see it like Mariah Woodworth Edder up to 50 miles away from her tent. There was people that weren't even in her meetings that were going into trances and being taken into heaven and into hell. And they were getting received in Christ. You look at what was happening with Evan Roberts when he literally, he literally saw uh, the power of God come down where God was visiting him. And, and, and it's and, and, and he, the, and, and this historically known that he would be in his bed and suddenly the glory of God would come on and he would start shaking, shaking. Why? Because there's an awakening. And the earth begins to shake. The earth begins to shake. The other thing you're going to begin to see is earthquakes in weird and strange places. You're going to begin to see earthquakes in weird and unusual places in the earth. 
places where they say, I, this is weird. Why is this? Why is this? Why is this earthquake happening? Why is this earthquake happening in an unusual place? Watch for it. Watch for it. An earthquake, an unusual place. They'll say, this is weird. This doesn't make any sense. In the natural, this earthquake doesn't make any sense. They'll say it on the news. They'll say, this is weird. Why is this earthquake, this earthquake, it's a, it, these tremblings are happening. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Why? Why is it happening? Because there is a people that are coming into the glory and the earth is groaning for the manifestation that the bride is carrying. So when we come together, we're going to begin to see it corporately. Corporately, we're going to begin to see sanctuary cities where the glory of God comes up, and there will be sickness won't be able to touch you. Disease, things that, that will begin to be healed. The land will begin to be healed. The, the earth will begin to vibrate and shake with the glory of God. And just and we can I can keep going throughout history. These these things begin to transpire. Ha, ah, thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for your presence, your power, your glory in this place. Thank you for your spirit over your people. Father, I thank you for your word going forth like lightning and striking their ground right now. Let heaven touch them in Jesus' name. Everyone underneath the sound of my voice, those that are watching, let the glory of God come upon you. I decree and declare impartation of the Spirit of the Lord upon you. Let the Spirit of God will rest upon you. 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 I'm going to decree two things over you. Luke chapter 4, verses eight, starting at verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he hath anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovery of sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. Say, so what is the acceptable year of the Lord, Brother Charlie? The first day. That's the acceptable year of the Lord. Preach, pray one more thing over you. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what the hope of his calling. 
Now, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Man. To which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is also to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all things. Father, I thank you that your body is filling the earth. You said the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the water covers the sea. Father, I pray that your body would begin to fill up every space. Those that are listening underneath the sound of my voice, let, the, let them begin to fill the earth with your glory, with your light. Let them be those that carry the light of God in the earth. Those that carry the realm of your kingdom as it is in heaven let it be on the earth let the glory of god come Lord, i bless them now in jesus mighty name okay guys